right, Ted. You are you're live on a uh, Black DeMarco's community podcast uh, episode. This will be episode five. Wow, I'm honored. That's like a small. That's a small milestone. It's like one of the. You know, I feel like what are the big ones? Ten, twenty, or twenty-five? Uh, you know, I just turned twenty-five. No, I didn't just turn. I turned twenty-five, and I was like, "Fuck, are you that young?" Yeah. How old are you? Twenty-six. I'll be twenty-seven in October. Oh shit. I know, okay, you're a I, year you're a year okay. older than me. I for whatever reason I I think I just kind of imagined you as older is the thing. You but. know, it's funny is that John Rock <laughs> also thought I was like 28. I was like, "What?" Shout out to John Rock. Shout out to John Rock. John Rock, I love you. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, 25 was a weird one. Why was 25 a weird one? Because like your life outlook immediately changes i think personal from a personal outside because like from 20 i'd say to 24 you're like in this like living kind of free life like Mm -hmm. you know like drink six out of the seven days a week and kind of that was at least how i was living okay yeah and when i turned you know 25 i kind of realized that like holy cow like that was a blink of an eye because like i turned 20 in my first semester i did college because i took a year off hated that and then i moved here when i was 21 and then i met sam <laughs> uh, shout out to roloffs bro <laughs> sam i love you shout too. out to sam roloffs man he's the og sam and jake uh you know really propelled my shout out to jake luttrell too yeah um i guess both of them are out of town now well, I know Jake came to visit. He's actually coming tomorrow. Oh, shit. Okay, so he's on his way. All right, word up, word up, word up. But, um, yeah, 25 has been interesting. And then especially tackle put on top of this entire year so far. This is a hell of a year to turn 25. Um, but I bought a lawnmower, okay. like, a, like a sit-down lawnmower. Like, oh, so that's, that's, that's real a, grown man shit. Exactly. Like, And it's just crazy the joy that that shit brings. Like... It's funny the things that become important the older you get, you know. Mm, I heard that. Like, I think when I was, I I, I agree that it, and I honestly, I, I think that I think that like milestones like twenty five or they're they're arbitrary that we yeah. impose them on ourselves. Yeah, that's true. But we're only human, and we're susceptible to society's idea of like what is important and what is not. Mm. And I thought the fucking world was ending. When I turned 25, like, I wasn't anywhere close to where I thought I would be. And I kind of, like, freaked out for a little bit. And now it seems so fucking silly because I'm 26 and I'm, like, four years from now, I'll be 30. And I'll still, still be young. fucking young. Yeah, dude. I can't, dude. That's, four- a, <laughs> that's the thing I also, is that I think 20 to 24, you're sprinting. You yeah. know what I mean? You're trying to, f- you're trying to figure out wh- how are you going to get here, 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 here. What I've realized, especially with the quarantine, too, like we were talking before, we started going, is we have nothing but time. Nothing but time. Nothing but time. And it's really kind of made, like, life a little more, like, you know, you're just kind of cruising along. You're not, like, zinging around. Dude, what would have been amazing is if we, uh, maybe you already had it. I didn't have that perspective when I was, like, 21, 22, 24. I, like, I, I thought the world was in there when I graduated college and I didn't know where I was going to do or where I was going to go. But I wish that I had that perspective when I was that young. See, I didn't do the college thing, so mm-hmm. I think that might be it. 
yeah. I had to like really come to terms kind of quickly. Because mm-hmm. when I graduated high school, I was going to go into the military. You? Yeah, dude. Okay. Because <laughs> like, I had no other option to like pay for school. Okay. You know, it was either getting a shit ton of debt yep. or like going to the army and they'll pay for it. Because mm-hmm. I come from, you know, a lineage of people that have been in our I didn't military. know that. Uh-huh. Um, so I thought that was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But during that time in high school, I was on five ants. So I went to the recruiter and we were talking about all that stuff. You cannot be on ADHD meds or any of that stuff for real in order to, yeah, to go into the military because it can, you know, kind of fuck you up. I didn't like taking it anyways, but he pretty much told me, he was like, you have to be off it for an entire year Mm -hmm. until, you know, you can join the join the army and i was like no mm-hmm. and i'd always wanted to be a performer anyways mm-hmm. you know i thought this was just the right thing to do you know mm-hmm. everyone says like go to college do this do that do that so i was like uh and then that happened i was like fuck that shit mm. and at the time like i had been very fond of boston <laughs> so i was like and i had been playing music with someone who had been going to school there yeah and i was like you know what fuck it I'm going to move to Boston. So 18, out of high school, thinking like, you know, you are like on top of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you just went from graduating high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> high okay. School. Yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the fucking joke is because it's nothing. <laughs> it's app. Everyone gets their high school diploma one day or another. But I, it was just such a wake up call because mm-hmm. like I was living, sharing a one bedroom apartment, mm-hmm. paying $900 a month, like each. I know Boston is fucking expensive. I can't fucking imagine. It was it was ridiculous, okay? Being a busser, you know, bussing tables. So mm-hmm. it was tough, but it was ve- very humbling in which, like, when I decided I was going to move here, mm-hmm. it made the move here, like, so like how, how where, where did that decision, because I, this is one thing, and I, we've known each other for like almost yeah, three almost, years, almost now. two, two, yeah, two, maybe a little more than two. I don't even know. So, what? It's it's more it's more than a year and a half. Yes, not sure. quite two, but somewhere in there. Yeah, definitely not three. Three years ago, I think I was in Murfreesboro. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Wow. But um, you, I've always pictured you as a Belmont dude, and you are or you aren't. I'm not. You never went to Belmont. Never. You just know a bunch of Belmont people. Yes. Okay. And then I started to like throw parties, and then like. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Okay. You, it must have been... But, go ahead. So I guess like my real Nashville origin is that I knew someone who was going to Belmont mm-hmm. that just moved here. And I was sitting in my community college, like <laughs> sound engineering class, yeah, just like scrolling through Instagram. And I stop and I see this picture that he took on top of Lover's Circle. Mm-hmm. And it was just this guy playing guitar and it was like Nashville skyline. Yeah. And it was in that like exact moment that I was like, I need to go to Nashville. Lover's circle and a guitar did it for you. Lover's circle and a guitar did it for me. Word up. You know, it's dude, I don't know, man. I know like you don't make country. I feel like that should probably be on like a fucking country song. Oh, for sure. But like it was it was the idea of it. Not really necessarily the picture. It was like the idea of it. And I had been like trying to figure out where I wanted to go after I paid off, you know, the semester I wasted at, you know, state school. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I need to get the fuck out of Connecticut. So 
I saw that and I was like, man, I got to do Nashville. So I started just like doing research and everything. And then took a road trip down here, 2015, like November. I actually crashed on Jake Luttrell's couch. Another shout out to Jake. Shout out Jake. Um, for a week. And, you know, after that, I was like, all right, I was, I was sold pretty much. I was sold the minute I got here because I stopped and got Chick-fil-A. Like you being from Connecticut, you'd never had it before. I've had it a couple times, but like never like, you know, like that. Whatever. So I get I walk in and there's just a guy singing in the chick in the Chick-fil-A. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? But I was just like, wow, this is this is great. But funny, that also was another poor Chick-fil-A experience I've had. I've had numerous mm. and the thing is is people all people talk about is the service at chick-fil-a yeah and i could count on one hand you know oh really it's crazy i feel like they're out like every time like something bad happens at chick-fil-a it only happens to me so everyone else gets yeah because <laughs> like the first time i went i poked my straw <laughs> through because it's styrofoam mm. i was like who does this t- still today you know, first of all, awful for the environment. Hmm. Two, like, if I poke my straw, <laughs> so I poke it through, and uh, just lemonade comes spewing out. Okay, but that's not the service didn't do that though. Okay, this was just <laughs> this was the setup. Oh, okay, Jesus to Christ. The, all the other. So I get to this Chick Fil A where the, he's playing, you know, singing "Free Fallen." Oh, of course, <laughs> he was singing "Free Fallen." And I order, and I'm just waiting there, waiting. Now he's on to like, you know, third verse of Wagon Wheel. I'm like, all right, where's my food? These are all the great white anthems is what these are, man. Yeah. <laughs> wagon, dude, Wagon Wheel and uh, fucking Free Fall, and they're up there. For sure. Okay, we'll get to there. But. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I go ahead. Tell, tell the story. So, so I go up to the counter, and I'm like, hey, like, what's going on with this? And they're like, oh, we don't have that order. I was like. What do you mean? And they're like, we don't have it. <laughs> I was like, well, let's make it have it. Let's like, let's get this going. So then, you know, of, of course they were like, I'm so, my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. It makes me cringe sometimes because like it's so forced mm-hmm. that I can tell. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm, is it your pleasure mm-hmm. to give me my card back? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. And also, I'm not really a big fan of Chick-fil-A's. At least their corporate ideals. Yeah, they donate a lot of money to 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 harmful causes, to especially against ma- gay, uh, especially against queer people. But especially, yeah. especially. But it's just like, what? Like, well, I'm not. I don't need to. I don't need to support that. You know where you should eat hot, like fried chicken from? Not just hot chicken, but fried chicken. Boltons. Okay, Bolton. So. I've only had Bolton's once. I can't remember what I thought of it. I like. I don't love hot chicken, man. I, I you know, it, I, it, it's, For, it's fine to experience. Yeah, but every like, once in a while, I, I, I do. I want like LSD, kind of. Honestly, it kind of is like LSD. It's like I want to see what happens when I eat. You know, shut the cluck up at Hattie B's or whatever the fuck. If I'm hungry, I don't want that. Yeah, because it ruins your insides. Yeah, and it's, it is, but it's also just a bitch to eat. Even if you have a high spice tolerance, you're not necessarily enjoying the food. You're just like, oh, let me let me see how much I can put myself through. Helen's, dude. I, I had, think I think it like releases the same like endorphins or serotonin that drugs do. It could. So that might be it. That might be the <clears throat> trick to hot chicken. 
Helen's Hot Chicken. Where's I that had, at? I don't know. I don't know where it is. I know there's one. I think there's one somewhere on Rosa Parks. I ordered it, and dude, it made me rethink rethink fried chicken. I I got the mild. I didn't get anything super hot. Yeah, it's some of the best fried chicken I've ever had in my life. I'll have to try it out. Yeah, dude, give it a go. Wait, <laughs> hold the fuck up. When did you start eating meat? Uh, during quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> During, uh, <laughs> I was about to say, well, hold the fuck up! I thought Grant, you were a vegetarian. No, I, I, <laughs> I've been like kind of having like that internal, you know, conversation <laughs> with myself. It's because like I've been feeling shitty. Yeah. Oh, and God. I was like, why? And it's just because I've been eating like you Dude. know meat. So I need to hop off that train. I need to get back. I've, you know, now that like kind of getting back to. N- not normal, but getting back into a routine. I've gotten so many bad habits in quarantine, dude. Bad and good habits, for sure. Okay, so my eating habits have gone to shit. This, no, nah, this this is fucking great. I'll take yeah. this shit all day. No, dude, I started eating fucking, these, those fucking Hostess cupcakes. I eat, Ooh. I don't know how many of those a week. I need to stop fucking eating those. The sweet tart ropes. And a lot of sweet tea. See, I'm not a big sweet tea guy. I love Arnold Palmer's with unsweet tea. This is the Connecticut and you talking, Ted. Dude, I know. The Connecticut's coming out. <sighs> you know who you at? It just sweet tea never did it for me. You know? I don't feel- let it. <laughs> don't. <laughs> like, just don't let it. <laughs> Why? Is it addicting? Dude, it's... it's I don't think it's, I just have ever had sweet tea that I've Sweet enjoyed. tea, it's, it's sugar. Like... I mean, we we call it sweet tea because it's tea that we put sugar in. You're drinking pure sugar water with it's it just brown. That's what it is. It's <laughs> and it's I don't know why I love it so much, dude. Like I, I I tell people that like sugar is the last acceptable addiction in the United States um, because it's the one thing you know. Pe- people will talk shit for you for you know drinking too much. People will talk shit for you smoking cigarettes and whatnot. But those are those... too much candy. Nobody cares. Yeah. And sugar, sugar is it might be worse than all of it because it's so easily accessible, accessible and easy to eat. Yeah, if you don't think about it, you could just sit there. That's the ultimate drug. Like nicotine, I don't think it has shit on sugar, man. I don't think it has shit on sugar. Well, I mean, sugar runs it all. They've got from you know five year olds to hundred year olds. Yep, they're running the game. Yeah, they are running the game. Wow. Speaking of drugs. So, what are you going by now? Because you were doctor of color when I met you. Yeah, I hit a dead end with that. Yeah, hit a dead end with that. Why? So why? Why did why did doctor of color dead end? Um, was it I the name or was it the material? A little bit of both. Uh, it was a it was a dream and a goal of mine. You know, once I got to Nashville, that I would record an album in my basement by myself. Like that was like set okay. in stone. Like I needed to do that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I finished the music, and I hadn't really settled on a name. Mm-hmm. And I had been going by Theo Wallace for a while, because, like, my name's Theodore Wallace. Good. So I was like, yeah, this could work. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted a moniker that I could feel like I could grow with other people. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to confine it to myself. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and, like, I just remember being at work one day, and some girl... We were talking about like some class or something about like, you know, prisms or something with color. And she said doctor of color. I was like, that has like a cool ring to it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's very like psyche. I felt in which like, you know, at a time I was, you know, experimenting with different psychedelics. Mom, sorry. Yeah, (laughs) it happens. But, um, I just I liked it and I thought, you know, I could you can I could build off of that. So 
I did that. Played some shows with it and everything. But then when it came to like new music that I wrote, like it didn't fit that. Um, and there's definitely some songs in there that like I like and that I, I'll definitely come back to. Um, but it was really as far as like being able to move in different musical directions mm. and it kind of being true to me, but also giving this kind of like mis- mystery almost of yeah. like, you know, what is this really? I um, love montage is the only thing I've really, really tried to do. Yep. And um, as I, I, I like when you met me, I maybe had she's the one out. Maybe you know what's funny about that? What's that? Is that it wasn't because <laughs> one day uh-huh. Sam roll off shout out Sam again comes home and he's like Ted, listen to this song, mm. and I'm like okay, mm. and he's like guess who this is? And dude, I went down like ten <laughs> ten people, and I was like, who is it? And he's like it's Solomon. I was like. What? Because like I hadn't known you for that long at the time, so like I knew like you were you had done music and everything, but like I'd never heard anything you've done, and I was like, oh my god, this is incredible. I love that song, dude. Appreciate it, man. I love that song, Um, dude. I miss playing it live. I I really do, and I I go out of my way not to talk about myself on the show, but I'm doing a little bit like no, it's okay. But anyway, um, when when we met, I don't think it was out yet, and then I had recorded Save a Little Time, which is out now. Um, but I, th- those songs were done and save a little time wasn't out yet. And now that both of those songs are out and like, I've been like cooped up in the house all this time. I was like, well, hell, why not fucking sample drums and shit like that? Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, I mean, I have like, you know, songs that are more like rock and roll garage and that sort of stuff, but I've opened myself up to other shit. Which, I was going to say that yeah. about like the three songs that you have released. Yeah. You have kept to a theme, mm-hmm. but you've also created like three different songs yeah sounding songs as far as like Mm -hmm. but like you're still like i know it's you yeah okay but also at the same time like you were giving me some real like dr dog vibes with Mm -hmm. this new song my first guitar just with with all like your like the vocal like dubs over i was digging it dude i gotta tell you i um You don't like Dr. Dog? Oh, no, I love Dr. Dog. Oh, okay. Dude, no, dude, where'd all the time go? Literally oh. one of my favorite songs of all time. That shit gets me in the fucking guts. Oh, God, I love that song. Um, I love Dr. Dog, dude. They're amazing. No, what I was going to say was um, I when I, when I when I finished this song, it was the first time where like I had like just wanted to listen to my own work over and over and over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Like my, like, you, you, you know how it is when you, you finish a record and you're like, well, I got to be done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's one or two things you would change, and it just makes you cringe and grit your teeth every time you go back and fucking listen oh, yeah. to it. I hate that feeling, so sometimes I don't listen to my music a lot. But this was the first song that I just wanted to listen to over and over, and over again. But I thought it's like this is like dumb, and nobody's gonna fucking like it. But I I liked it enough to not give a fuck. And then that's music, though. Yeah, is that like we make it for ourselves, but yeah. for other people is like. Weird as that. Well, I guess no, that's just, no, it's, that's just no. art in general. Yeah, no, it's it it it's is this mine? Where the fuck? Uh, did... No, here I found it. No, no, no is no, that no. on it right there? No. So I finished mine. That one I gave to you because oh, okay. the other one left, and then okay, cool. I think you were still working on that yeah, one. Yeah, I still have one. No, okay. um, it it is weird because you the way I would say it is you have to be happy 
with it yourself before anybody else is going to be happy with it. You're not make, you're making it for yourself first. Yeah. Um, and you have to please yourself first before you please other people, but you do want to share it with other people. You see what I'm saying? Oh, no, for sure. Like, I make a song for other people, but it's for me. Yeah. But the, another thing is about that is, like, I could spend eternity on a song. Me too. But you got to, like, I mean, you, you probably already know this, but you got you at some point you have to be done. You just let go. Yeah, you got to be done. Because you can, like, I catch myself doing it still today. Which I'm way better at it, but like I'm just going at it over. Like once I get to take twenty, yeah. I'm like, all right, maybe we should do something different. Yeah. What do you? Uh, what do you? What do you record with? What, what software are you working? I with? use Pro Tools. Pro Tools. Oh, okay. Or uh, you know, as many people in the industry call it, Slow Tools. <laughs> Is that what they're calling it? You know, it, I finally got my rig like you know down because like. It's tough sometimes because Pro Tools requires so much mm-hmm. computing power mm-hmm. that if you do something just a little off, it will just fuck everything up. Oh. But now I've got it like in a good place where my computer's running good with it. I can't like have other shit open, mm-hmm. but once I do that. You know, I did what you did. I, I went to MTSU for audio, yeah. which like is really weird because. I feel like I I can't say that it was in in retrospect it feels like I didn't need to. I learned more out of school than I learned when I was in it. But I also just never would have like none of this would have been true if I also didn't go there. It was a necessary step along this journey. Totally right. But it's you do not need to go to school to be an audio and engineer. But it could be helpful. Yeah. But same thing with me is that like I was in this class, I was like, okay, like I'm learning some things, but the only way, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like motherfucker shooting fireworks. Wow, it's broad daylight. Yeah, they. I mean, they're kids, and obviously, there's nothing fun for them to do. So, honestly, if I had fireworks right yeah. now, I'd probably be lighting them off. Yeah, but where were we? We were talking about pro. T- well, we were talking about going to school for audio. Going we to about. school for audio. Yes, I've learned way more out of school than I have in school. But like you said before, I mm-hmm. wouldn't have had that. But almost, I would say, being an audio engineer is like kind of like being a pilot. You have to go and fly the plane. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, you got to learn the shit first. Mm-hmm. But like, in order to really like feel it and like be able to hear it, mm-hmm. like touch it, like I think you just need to put the time in. It, and that's the way you learn anything. You yeah. you got to get your fucking jump shots in. Yep. And honestly, dude, school is so bad about that. Because it's just it's a it's a square, you know. If you don't fit into the square, like yeah. you're gonna fall behind. That's where I struggled in school. Is that like I'm a very hands on, like mm. you know, see someone do it, I can like you know yeah. learn that. Like sitting in a classroom, listening to someone lecture and mm-hmm. talk about shit, like I'm gonna I'm gonna drift off to Neverland. Let me hit you with some some hot take shit. Like okay. as, as I as as I do this more hot takes. It's it's weird, like listening to yourself talk back and like watch yourself talk and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But what 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 I what I begin to notice is that like every episode, there are like just some key themes that I hit on, right? Mm-hmm. And what we were talking about um, when I was talking with you Serena, should get sound effects, dude. Yeah, I want a fucking soundboard. I'm scale it piece by piece. You should man. they get have these like little? They're like, you know, like the SPDX boards. Yeah, they're like that, but like it's it's mini, and you can just like program like little things to it like claps and like stuff. i'm gonna do that joe joe budden has that i've, I've thought about doing it 
Um, but what I was going to say was that, um, what was I going to say? You we were, were talking, talking about, about talking about right. your, so like, hearing yourself. In the last episode, I, I said something that I think I've thought about before. It's still the fucking fireworks. Oh. You know, it's freaking me out, too. Um, um, I think I keep kicking something over. Yeah, no, I, I keep thinking that somebody's rapping at that door, and it is freaking me out, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, they're shooting fucking, I don't know, those are cherry bombs or M80s or I don't know. Yeah. I never bought fireworks before. Anyway, what I said in the last episode was that I, I think that education is important. I think that everybody should have access to it. That means also at the university level. And don't sit here and tell me that we don't have the money to do it because we found several billion dollars to give to carnival cruises of all of, of all people. Um, but college, the, the idea that everybody has to go to college, what you what you were buying wasn't really an education, or what you were borrowing that money for wasn't really an education. It's experience. It's, it's experience, but even something deeper than that, you're buying class status. Mm-hmm. Is what you're is, is what you were buying? Because like if you have a degree, you're all of a sudden this, right. This exactly. educated person. We have been sold the idea that 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 access to a four year degree because a four year degree isn't the only kind of education there is out there. But we attached human value to it, and we implicitly yeah. state that if you don't have a bachelor's degree that you borrowed anywhere between thirty and eighty grand for, that you are a less valuable person. Mm-hmm. That is fucking bullshit, and we have to stop it. You're right. I can. Could as product of not going to college, mm. I here's the thing though. If you're not gonna go to college, yeah, that's fine. You have to do something. Yeah, though. you gotta you, do something. You yeah. have to you have to put forth effort towards anything. Doesn't matter what the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. I think college is good if you don't know what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's bad for that reason, too, because yeah. you're just dumping money in for, like, right. no reason at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're so right that it creates a class of... Yeah. And it makes people think that they're better than you yeah. because... Yeah. No offense to anyone that has a degree. I appreciate everything you do for society, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you're better, you know? Mm-hmm. Because as a musician, going to college is a waste of time. It is. You know, well, time and money. Potentially, potentially, I take your point. Yeah, yeah. potentially. Uh-huh. Um, you could be putting forth time and effort mm-hmm. to advance your career mm-hmm. and your outlook. Um, I think college also presents, you know, a lot of different opinions, which you know can present you with different perspective, which I also think is important because mm-hmm. a lot of people go to college that grow up in these like sheltered towns mm-hmm. and they don't know anything. Yeah. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Not that they don't know anything, but like as far as worldviews, they only have seen the perspective of their parents. Right. You know, or their peers, you know. Mm-hmm. So college definitely opens up those doors. But I think like everyone should work in a restaurant. Do heard that, bro. I'm and on that shit. You you should one hundred percent it should be required. Or at least some sort of service, ser- yeah, customer service. That's a whole different animal. But like, even retail or anything, you need to have some people. Going back to the class thing, though, you because you, you know, like, if you haven't done it, you don't know how hard it can be. That's number one. Yeah. But when you work in re- whether it be retail or whether it be in a restaurant or on the line in a fucking kitchen, because I know you did both. You were yeah. in the front of the house and you were back of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the people that essentially allow for 
these people that have like you know bought their way into this 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 quote unquote middle class through education, right? These are the people that are here to essentially make sure that their leisure time is fun. Yeah. So like if you're a, a server in a restaurant, or if you are a line cook, you are there to have a bad time so that other people can have a, a fucking good time. Good time. Yeah. That that that's what you're fucking there for. And those people that allow you to have a fucking good time are the ones that get paid the least, get shit on for uh, you know, not saving their money. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we just culturally speaking, like in the United States, we view them as less valuable. Yeah. It's fucked. It's fucked. And it's, this brings up, you know, um, other things like, you know, farmers and yep. like the real backbone as like yeah. corny as that yeah. shit is. No, it is. But they're literally the backbone yeah. of everything yeah without you know the immigrants mm-hmm. you know from all these countries that do mm-hmm. you know work in kitchens and all of like the industry jobs mm-hmm. that we then turn around and ostracize them yeah and you know people are, are so quick to be like immigrants are bad yeah like we don't need like these freeloaders, like not paying taxes. It's just such a narrow sighted, mm-hmm. which I think contributes to a lot of just like our education systems are not failing us, but they're not feeding the right information. Right. That mm-hmm. gives people the opportunity to develop opinions that, yeah. you know, can affect you know, our government, mm-hmm. for instance, you know, Trump won mm-hmm. because he just pretty much turned the government spectrum upside down. And people thought he was going to bring change in a good mm-hmm. way. And he has a certain change. a certain kind of person thought that. But yeah, yeah, uh, no, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But like you, I've met a lot of people that voted for Trump mm-hmm. that regret it now. Oh, yeah. You know, because he brought just that mm-hmm. that aura of like I'm gonna be nah, 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 da, da, da. and he's just a con man. You know, he's just yeah. talk. Absolutely. But I think in order to change, like we're not gonna change any of the minds of you know older people mm-hmm. that they're stuck in their ways. Mm-hmm. I think we need to focus on younger people mm-hmm. and educating them on you know like how you can be impactful in your community and around you know with other people so it sounds like you're saying like it, it do, you, do you think that the biggest problems in our society right now are education based is that the way that you see it i think yes okay 100 because coming from you know a small beach town in connecticut mm-hmm. okay you know i went to a, a high school that gave me you know all of these resources to mm-hmm. you know just be and learn all the different things. And I was drawn to the music. Like, yeah. you know, we had a, a great music department in my school. Mm-hmm. But it was from early on, I was probably 17 or 18, that, like, you know, they were trying to make the school look nice, mm-hmm. you know, because these people from the state were coming in to, like, evaluate our school. Mm-hmm. And, like, if our school looked good, they would give us more money. And it was that moment I was like, that makes absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. 
like, why are we allocating our resources to, you know, a school that is already doing fine when we have, you know, schools all around Connecticut, which is one of the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Wealth inequality in Connecticut is, yeah. is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself of like, why are we be given, why are we given this money? Did you come to a conclusion? I did. Is that, you know, a big topic these days is systematic racism. Mm -hmm. And that from the core, okay, you know, from Jim Crow laws to, you know, segregation in, you know, the early 50s and 60s Mm -hmm. and civil rights movement is that early on we developed these barriers Mm -hmm. and oppressed, you know, people of color and minorities Mm -hmm. and that we did not, you know, invest Mm -hmm. into the system like they're investing into my school. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And if we want to solve world problems, the more people that we have educated, the more likely we are to solve problems. Mm -hmm. Like we're not giving people their opportunity. I was, while I was doing Uber, Mm -hmm. this is, (laughs) sorry, this is going to all tie together. go, go, Go for it, dude, go for it. While I was doing Uber, I was driving this guy And we were just talking about a lot of stuff. And he was saying how, like, you know, people my age, you know, like, aren't, you know, starting businesses and they're not, you know, buying houses. And I'm like, bitch, well, what money? I told him that. I was like, you know, no bank is going to give someone that's already $100,000 in debt, 80, 50, to start a small business. And he was like, Mm -hmm. wow. And I think to turn that around and to, you know, put it in the education perspective is Mm -hmm. that we, aren't giving everyone equal opportunity for, you know, having resources. And I think we're getting to an age where, like, that's possible because with technology, you know, Mm -hmm. it's way, way more accessible. Would agree. Um, But I think, you know, the, the real issue at, like, there's so many, but, like, I think if we can figure out how to allocate money to improve education because like teachers don't get paid enough. Mm -hmm. And if teachers don't get paid enough, they're, you know, some of the teachers that I grew up with are some of, you know, people I look up to because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're doing it not for the money. Mm -hmm. They're doing it to try to like better children. And what were you going to say? You you said if we can figure out, and that's to me, that's the really interesting part about it. We, we this this is at this point this is a matter of will number one. Oh no, it's good. Could say all that shit is fine. Um, we 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 could just fucking do it. You're the, right. The issue is so why do we not do this? And I think that like we have to come to grips with the fact that so much of our way of life is about protecting protecting power. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's it's not it's not it's, I don't think it's, it's that our society is broken or that it's inefficient. It's designed to protect suit powerful the, people, suit the yeah. rich and the wealthy, right? And and you know and it it, it could be you know it's the white it's a lot. But I think a lot of yeah. time that like white folks yeah, they, their power over like it overlaps with with wealth. Not always, mm-hmm. um, not even most of the time, as a matter of fact. But you know we can get into all the the, the layers of privilege and all that kind of stuff. But the the, the, mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, I think this is the way that I see it. When it comes to education, they, they everybody needs to be equally funded. We can do yeah. that if we want to. 
Um, we have the money. Yeah, it is. We have the money. Been made very, very clear. clear. Yeah. Um, everybody deserves the right if they want to to go get a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, there go those fireworks again. We have to get past the idea that people without bachelor's degrees are less valuable than people that have them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we also just need to get serious about understanding that once people have power, they don't want to give it up. Okay, fine. Maybe we can say that's a piece of, that's part of human it's nature. It's greed. It is but, human nature yeah, is greed. We need to start putting the brakes on it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, Jeff Bezos can be the fucking richest man in the world. Fine. You know, but he doesn't not get to pay taxes. Yeah. He doesn't get to not pay taxes and he, you, you'll still be the richest man in the world. No if matter you do. what, like you know, <laughs> yeah, like you'll, you'll, you're, you're going to be, you're okay. Fine. Um, well, I think, like, education, we can talk about, like, the, the whole, like, defund the police movement. How do you feel about that? So I'm going to tell you what, Solomon. My... <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. Is that, you know, my father has, you know, served in armed forces. He's been a police officer. Mm-hmm. He's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm going to be the first to say, fuck the police. <laughs> you know? Are you going to show your dad this? Yeah, I'm sure I would <laughs> I would tell this him to his face, you know? And it's not out of disrespect for him, you know? Like... I appreciate all the things that he's done in his civic duty, yeah. but from my perspective, growing up with him, you know, being in the military, being a police officer, being a lawyer, like mm-hmm. I was able to garner up all of these different things to like really formulate that, you know, this system is broken. Um, you know, I was actually talking about this the other day is like, I was like, how long did you go to the police academy for? And he was like, I went for 16 weeks. 16 weeks. 16 weeks mm-hmm. to be co- to have a gun. Yeah. And to enforce the law. Was he pretty young too? I figure he was pretty young. Uh no, he was actually probably in the army for 5 or 6 years at that point. Mm-hmm. So he had, you know, that background. This is what I'm interested in. How so but, how how is he handling all this? Because he he's he's deep into so it's funny. He's a funny guy. Hey, Dad. Shout out to Richard Paul Gudis. Um, you know, he went from, you know, being in the Army, being a police officer, mm-hmm. being a lawyer for police officers. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Mm-hmm. U-turn, criminal lawyer. <laughs> All right. So, like, he, you know, has his conservative thoughts just as i can't remember who who says this saying is like if you're not liberal in your youth you have no heart and if you're not conservative like in your old age you have no head which i get but like that's just like some stupid quote Mm -hmm. makes sense but for the most part he you know voted for trump Mm -hmm. me and my sister never Mm -hmm. ever let him forget it (laughs) You know, and he regrets it. You does know? It, your dad he, he he does, regrets it? He does regret it. Um, you know, he's going to have his own opinions about, you know, because, like, he's like, well, if we defund the police, like, who's going to, what are you going to call? I'm like, dad, it doesn't, I think that's a big thing is mm-hmm. that people don't understand the whole defund the police. We're not getting rid of police. Right. Well, let me tell you, okay, let me, so let, 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 let's talk about that because okay. they're, when 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 it comes to the slogan defund the police, what most people mean is they mean divest. Divest exactly. Divest. Is that we need to allocate that money to right. education from a from homelessness, a, anything else. From a revolutionary standpoint, divest doesn't sound as good. It doesn't. One. There are people that believe in abolishing police. Now this is what I think, and I 
you know, I'm not I'm not a conservative white dude, you know, I, and I, I I don't necessarily think that if you are a conservative white dude that you're evil. I think no. that maybe you look out for your own interests before everybody else's. Um, but the let, let, how, let's try this experiment. Maybe we would need fewer cops if people's material interests were gratified. That is their shelter, their housing, like at least the the bottom rung of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if they didn't have to worry about going into bankruptcy for a broken leg and that sort of thing. Mo- like most crime in this country is directly related to economic condition. Mm-hmm. If somebody is poor, they can't... They're, yeah, they can't... They're going to sell drugs. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the only way they can provide right. for the family. Now, and that's like another thing about like, you know, just all this time that mm-hmm. we've oppressed mm-hmm. this whole population... Mm-hmm. And then we turn around and are like, well, you can't do that. This is what I want to know, because you, you know your dad. And I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not casting judgment, but I, I want to know why not say, well, we can, we can have fewer cops and ask them to do less because we ask them to do a lot, shit that they're not qualified for quite often, mm-hmm. by nipping the problem of people's impoverished conditions in the bud that way we won't need so many police because i think that sounds very reasonable that it's incredibly reasonable and that that's where i think it goes back into education because there you go okay um i think everything kind of stems from education because like think about that's what molds you Hmm. from you know five to six all the way up to 18 Hmm. and there's a lot of kids that also don't make it through college because or college high school because they get caught up in you know selling drugs because they want to make money yeah and they don't see money at the end of a high school diploma Mm -hmm. so if they could just get out of school and start selling drugs now and making money now Mm -hmm. they don't have to waste the time when they're just going to do it when they get out of high school because they're not given the tools at that high school to you know go to college or be able to have you know the finances to go to college which Mm -hmm. is another thing is what everyone should yeah, be like, able to go and get a bachelor's degree if they fucking want if to. If they want to, yeah. And I think we need to demilitarize our police. <laughs> I don't think we definitely need to cut back, but I don't think every cop needs to have a gun. Mm-hmm. Most cops shouldn't have guns. Yeah, they're not there to. They're not there to occupy. No, they're there to just you know, they're just there. Yeah, they they're not you know. The issue right now is that they're antagonizers. Yeah. They're supposed to be responders. Yeah. <clears throat> in that it just, we need to flip it around. We know what we have to do at this point. Now we, we just got to go vote, Solomon. That's the important thing is go and fucking we, vote. We, we got to vote. And continue to th- th- vocalize yeah, all of this the, and, and trying to like educate other people about it, it. It won't stop at voting, but hell, you know. No, but it, we'll, we'll we'll take care of what we can in the, in, in the immediate term. Um, my, you know, the the we can get into this all day, but like my 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 part of this is, it is in part government, but it, we we got to we got to re we got to change the whole game, man. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Yeah, dude. Let's talk about the record, dude. Hell yeah, because it's it, 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 it's high times. We could yeah, we could talk about that shit forever. <laughs> it's high times around here in Nashville because they're decriminalizing weed up to a half ounce. Is that what it is? I don't know if they're what the they're deal not going to prosecute. They're not going to prosecute. I not, think not you're gonna still going to get a ticket. 
Okay, I mean, yeah, you don't, you don't, you just, you just don't need to be going to jail. It, like, know, I, I'm not saying it was legalized. That, like, there's decriminalized and then there's yeah. legalized. Well, this that's is, the thing is they flirted with this when they first moved to Nashville. Mm-hmm. They did it, mm-hmm. and then I'm pretty sure they were like, eh, mm-hmm. nah. And now they brought it back, they which it makes back. fucking sense because like it's so asinine. Mm-hmm. If you are at a concert <laughs> and you're smoking a little weed. Mm-hmm. And then you just get, and then you just have to go to court. Yeah, what's stupid? Speak it. You so you when you wrote, you can't smoke weed in Tennessee. That was that was a true story. Tell tell tell, tell me the story. You know, it's one I of think, my favorite story. I've actually never heard you. T- I think I'm. I, I we. Uh, I can't remember his name. A friend of yours told me the story, and I feel really like, bad that I don't paraphrase. Was it Christian? It was Christian. It was. Hey, Christian Torres. Shout out, Christian Torres. <laughs> tell us the story. Okay, so it was June 2017. Um, me and some friends are like, you know, let's go do something today. You know, let's go to the lake. Let's go somewhere, whatever. So we decide to go to Old Stone Fort, mm-hmm. which for you, though, for those listening, don't know where that is. It's in Manchester, Tennessee, which also hosts Bonnaroo. So we went the week before Bonnaroo, okay? And, you know, it's a little cloudy on our way there, but you know what? We're like, fuck it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So we get in the car. I'm pretty sure we like smoked a joint on the way there. Get there, park, start hiking down. We get to these beautiful springs. You know, we're swimming, you know, just exploring, picking up trash, you know, just doing, just doing, having fun. Mm-hmm. And we start to walk back up the trail. I'm at the head of like the top. And Christian is like, has fallen behind. Mm-hmm. We don't know where Christian's went. And all of a sudden, we just hear, like, hey, 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 like, come back. So we all walk back down there, and there's a, I don't want to say a park ranger. She was more of, like, a park ranger in training. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. She didn't, like, she didn't have a gun. She didn't have anything. She was just, like, kind of just, like, walking around. So she's, like, talking to Christian. She's, like, what is this? Blah, blah, blah. And he had, like, a roach. A roach mm-hmm. of a joint. And he's, like, uh. And then. She's like, all right, where are your IDs? We're like at the car. And she's like, okay, I'll meet you back up there. I'm not too too worried at this point. Get back to the car. Mm-hmm. Cop <laughs> is waiting there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we open the door to get our IDs out, and it reeks. Okay. Like, just, just loud. It was just my ears were hurting. Hmm. And even the cop was like, holy shit. Like, were you guys smoking in the car? So we get our IDs. We give them to him. We're standing there. He's like, all right. Is there anything in the car I need to know about? And we're all quiet. And, you know. Such a cop question. No, exactly. And in my head, I'm thinking back, like, Ted, like, what what did Richard say? What did dad say to you all these years? Like, you know, like. You know, if he know the, either way, he's like, I can call the, you know, you can tell me or I can call the canine down. And I was like, well, he's going to find it anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I might as well just fucking tell him now. So I'm like, all right, like I have a jar. And like there's a joint in there. So we go and get it and he's searching the car. And then, you know, there's, there's some other stuff. But I'm not going to get it. Did <laughs> you get like a butt plug in there or some shit? <laughs> No. Okay. You know what? Fuck it. Christian won't mind. So Christian just <laughs> recently found out he got an STD. Okay. Oh. 
So we got his STD meds, antibiotics, on our way there. Oh. So as the cop was searching the car, he found a jar of weed and like a joy. And then all of a sudden he's finding pills. Oh. We're like, oh, my God. And he, he looks at him for a second. And he's like, uh, Mr. Torres, I'm going to put these. Uh, I'm going to put these right up here. So he writes up, writes us up a ticket. Me and Christian kind of take the fall for everything. Yeah. And we get a court date. Mm-hmm. So have you seen My Cousin Vinny? I've never seen it. Uh-uh. Uh, okay, great. Great movie. But so we get to this Coffee County courthouse. Mm-hmm. Coffee County. Like mm-hmm. how much more Tennessee like can you get with like that shit? So we get to the courthouse and, you know, we're walking in. And, you know, we're sitting waiting to be like called up. Mm-hmm. Christian gets called up before me. And there had been a shooting in that courthouse like a week prior. Are so, you kidding me? Really? No, like one of the inmates like went for a guard's gun and like shot. Like nobody died. But like, yeah, yeah there was a shooting. Was so shooting. Everyone was on edge. Mm-hmm. Christian walks up there, hands in his pocket. Judge is like, hands out of your pocket. And he's like. And he just kept giving like things you just don't say. It's when you're talking to the judge, it's yes, sir. Mm-hmm. No, sir. And Christian is just like, nah. Yeah. And like just like being very like d- disrespectful. And the judge can tell him. And he's like, can you afford a lawyer? And he's like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, uh, well, that sucks. And like. Because like they pretty much asked you how much money you made a week and blah blah blah, mm. and there had been people before Christian that had made more money mm-hmm. <laughs> when they were able to get mm-hmm. a lawyer. But just because Christian, Christian, next time, just say yes, sir, and maybe you'll get a lawyer. But that that's just like blabbering on. But pretty much, you know, paid my ticket, had to get a lawyer, and. I did get expunged, so, you know, mm. if I ever get pulled over, and they're like... What did they hit you with? Like, what? So, I had to pay, like, an $800 fine Spicy. to Old Stone Fort. Why to the fort? Smoking weed on their property? I, I don't know. And the thing I figured out is that they were just, like, really, like, on edge that week because it was the week before Bonnaroo, mm. and they know that that's just, like influx in drugs and like you know if they can make a couple extra bucks off of that Mm -hmm. but pretty much i think another like big thing about that story is like that's how it should always be Mm -hmm. you know bring tying back into like you know the injustices of a lot of people right now that are in jail Mm -hmm. for you know possession of marijuana or you know selling it or whatever for 30 40 50 years that that's just fucking ridiculous Mm -hmm. and that you know those people should be exonerated and you know be set free and honestly even compensated for their time there because like it's just it gets me wound up man because like i i want i want change Mm-hmm. And I want to help people, and mm-hmm. I think that's why I'm I'm involved with music is because mm-hmm. in a point in time like I was lost, mm-hmm. and it was like the first time I saw Dawes. Honestly, mm-hmm. I was 17, and like I saw them just like playing music, 
And it was in that moment that I realized that like music is so powerful mm-hmm. and that, you know, it is it's a language in itself that can bring mass amounts of people together yeah. and bring, you know, you know, comfortability is all about having something in common with someone, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, often especially like it's cool in nashville is because like there's so many musicians and artists it's like easy to kind of just like shoot the shit Mm -hmm. but a lot of the time you know like when you meet someone new like you want to know like you know what they like to do whether it's just like hiking or like running or like doing like art stuff but then it's like you know one of those main questions is like what kind of music do you like yeah and then immediately you can click with that and i think that music is such a good middle ground for people Mm -hmm. that I think, you you know, instead of just using it as, you know, time to like decompress and a lot of musicians in, you know, recent history have used their music as a platform for that. Mm -hmm. But personally, as someone that wants to make a difference, Mm -hmm. I felt that that was the route is music is music. And I am also very passionate about it, Mm -hmm. which helps because, you know, I can put my heart and soul into it. And hopefully I can help just like they did that day for me is that like, you know, I can hopefully like make progress towards helping them. How are you feeling? Because now it's easier to get your music out than Mm -hmm. it ever was. But because there's so much of it out there, it can be hard to get it heard sometimes. It is very, very oversaturated. So with with that being said, I think we're moving in a, in a good direction though. How so? Um, as far as, you know, like, as at least for us in, like, our younger years, like, a big thing was, you know, making CD mixtapes mm-hmm. of, like, showing your friend bands that you like. Mm-hmm. And I think the playlist thing mm-hmm. is really kind of starting to take off in which that, you know, it opens a door that maybe you wouldn't have discovered without that playlist. Okay. With that, you know, there there are still a fuck ton of playlists. A lot. But the music industry is changing rapidly. Mm-hmm. It's becoming much more like an independent industry as like more people, like you said, are able to just boom, yeah. upload their music. I go back and forth with that. I, I think that the, the old music industry is definitely going away. Totally yeah. with you on that. Um. This was, excuse me, I just burped straight up in that microphone. Sorry. Um, I, um, since I've been doing this podcast, right, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time doing this, and I, I, I do this to help bring awareness towards the music, not only to my own, but also just, you know, people that I, that, that I like, and I think their music is cool. Yeah, it was nice. Did you see that, like, like little fizz? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I will say, I, I think that I personally am getting just more into online content. I just also make music. I think it's getting mm-hmm. harder and harder just to make music. How do you feel about that? To, to, to make music exclusively. See, I would say I would counter you on that. Oh. Is that I think this is a great time for musicians like us mm-hmm. in which that early on we don't really benefit from playing shows. Oh yeah, no, you know that's I mean? spicy, dude. Now I, I had to learn that the hard way, man. Is that we you, like you do you do those shows to yeah. like get your fucking chops, you know, and you have to yeah. you have to put in those hours. Yeah, but I think it's not beneficial for us as 
building our brand and building our musical brand. You realize literally no rock band wants to hear that. That's okay, but like, I'm you know, sorry. I, I, and it, I mean, it sucks because I remember, like, like, especially when you're young and you move to a new city, all right, we got to play as many shows as possible. But nobody knows your fucking music. No. And, and shows are important. I don't want to lose that. And I, I, I think that not, that was me. Wow. Live music, as we know, it is kind of at risk because of pe- pe- people's interest, one, but also because of all this COVID shit. Right? Yeah. But, um, it, it's a hard sell to get somebody to come out on a Wednesday night when it's fucking raining outside in Nashville in January to hear 45 minutes of music that they've never heard before. It's a tough sell. And I like I haven't touched a stage since August 2019, the day I quit uh, that restaurant. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I I haven't touched a stage since then, and, dude, I miss it. But the, the oh, best I, thing... I miss it, too. Yeah, because you had a lot of shows at the house, too. Yeah. That was kind of always a dream of mine too. Having ha- moving well, to Nashville was like, I want to do shows. Yeah, and I want to play shows at my house. Um, but you to I I think that like <laughs> being in the studio is the price that you pay to get on stage, mm-hmm. not the other way around. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's it's really really easy, especially for like younger bands that get obsessed with playing shows. Because the, the 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 way that you're conditioned to think about it, because this is what all the old bands did. Was, it's it's an old just, fashioned yeah. way of yeah. You, you just play a bunch of bunch of shows and just you you just never never stop. And then but that's oh. not how people consume music anymore. Yeah, well, tip, I, I I challenge whether or not that was ever true to begin with. <laughs> I, I challenge whether or not that was all ever true to begin with. I think that like dude, there there's Record companies just had money to throw yeah. around, and they're like, fuck it, let's just give it a and shot. And people didn't have shit else to do. <laughs> they didn't have anything else to do. Like you, like as a as a as a band, you were in competition with everything that's fucking happening. You were in competition with Netflix, with YouTube, yep. with whatever the fuck Donald Trump decides to do on any given day. You are asking people to hone in to what you're doing. Is what you're asking and them to do, especially in Nashville. Yeah, when everyone has a show on the same night, on the same night, two venues on the opposite side of town. And like I just don't like I like live music is important, but you like I, I think that like if, if I could go back and like do this whole love montage thing again, mm-hmm. I would have focused more on putting music out on a consistent basis rather than trying to play as many shows as possible. That's exactly what I've learned over this quarantine is that like shows are are important, yeah. but like building music, you know, uh but what's the word I'm looking for? A music catalog. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Dude, um, there um, are, there's a podcast called The Trill Billy's Worker Party, and they talk about, like, you know, leftist issues, but they're, like, these people that live in eastern Kentucky or whatever. But they had Sturgill Simpson on. I love Sturgill Simpson. This was, like, right before COVID hit. He was about to go on that big arena tour, which I'm assuming is canceled now, because he that, that was, yeah. like, happening as COVID was happening. But he went on, and they asked him, like, what advice he would have for young bands. He was just, like, get in a van and play as many shows as possible. And I'm like, bitch, what, what fucking money? Yeah. What, what money am I going to drive around the country in, in a van to play songs that nobody's heard before? And you expect me to do that for three years? And then all of a sudden my music just pops? You were living in a fucking fantasy world. And no disrespect to him. Like, you know, may, maybe it worked for him. I, 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 if I had to bet, you could go back in history and, like, trace all the shit about his career that we didn't see. Yeah. And that's probably not how it happened. But that's the way that, like, dude, all the music press loves pushing it that way. It's just like, this band played to nobody for three years, and then on show number 357, shit just popped off. Yeah. No. That's not how it fucking happens. Um, I think 
you know, as we shift away from, you know, labels is that mm-hmm. musicians need to focus more on like, we're a small business. Yep. Um, and I think the more you kind and granted, like it definitely, you don't want it to take away from the music, but you have to have two gears in which like you have a creative gear mm-hmm. and then you have a business gear Yep. because like, I love making music, but I also want to make money making music, <laughs> you know? And you have to be able to build, you know, your business. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of why I, I didn't, like, I didn't necessarily want to re-release You Can't Smoke Green Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Because, like I like I was saying earlier, is like I wanted to move away from... Doctor of Color. Doctor of Color and, like, everything. But, like, at the same time, I was like... You know, there was people asking me about it. They're mm-hmm. like, I can't find this. Like, yeah, you took it down, huh? I did take it down. Damn, dude. And, like, it was after, like, the third person that I was like, okay, let's give this another... Another shot. This is a dope, dude. This is a dope song, man. Thank you. And I really wanted to release it on 420. Like that was yeah. also important. You only get one time to only do that. Only get one. And it was 42020. It was like, yeah. Let me get your opinion on this. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna make here a blanket statement. Yeah. The LP is dead. Yes, I would agree. Okay, I'm a little surprised that you agree. To be honest. Nope. Because <laughs> I, I could not agree anymore. Because like I, I recorded an album. You know, it was fun, but holy fuck. Yeah. I wish I could have not done that. Mm-hmm. Because just the same thing about, like, going out to see a show, like, granted, albums are definitely making a comeback. But unless you are... You, you got to give re- people a reason. Just like playing shows, you got to give them a reason to give the, a fuck. Exactly. So unless you're, like, established, I don't think that's the that's the move. But the single route, you know, like... That's what I'm trying to do with You Can't Smoke Weed in Tennessee is like I'm trying to build like that little little brand. Mm-hmm. And that like, you know, once I can do that, like, you know, I'll release another song. Like I got some in the work, mm-hmm. but I don't want to just release it to release it. Right. Like sometimes you do songs to do that. But like mm-hmm. right now, like for start, mm-hmm. like I, I want to have like and then I can just start releasing, you know, songs left and right once I have like that, you know, following. Because mm-hmm. right now, like. It's cool with like Apple Music and Spotify because you can like see your you see. your trends, right. and that's really beneficial to like figure out how you can do better the next one mm-hmm. and continue to build up your listeners, just like with the podcast. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've had good response to it because mm-hmm. I haven't really put a lot of time into advertising or like buying like. Instagram ad space because like I, that's not what I wanted it to be. Yeah, you know, um, I really wanted to try and make it as. And what was nice about this time too is people already knew about the song, mm-hmm. so it was easy to just like kind of let just like, and let it kind of do its own thing. Mm-hmm. And it still is. Um, it's been hard to like promote music. I think during quarantine because yeah, like everyone's just trying to. F- let me give you a hot take here. Okay. Promoting music. I don't know how to do it. Do you know how to do it? I'm learning. I mean, I'm only, you know, I'm only three songs in and one of yeah. them came out today. So really, I'm only two songs <laughs> in. Um, this is the thing. You, this is, this, I'll tell you what I've done. Mm-hmm. I've done Submit Hub twice now. What's that? So Submit Hub is basically where you, you buy, you buy credits 
they're in anywhere between like you know a dollar to three dollars a pop and you use those credits to submit to bloggers and playlisters mm-hmm. and labels which i'm not submitting to i do submit to playlists and bloggers right yeah. so you basically pay this money um to buy these credits then you use these credits to submit your music to these playlisters and these bloggers and most of them will give you feedback on how they feel about your song yep. if they like it and they feel like it fits with their audience they'll share it some of them have massive audiences some of them have small audiences mm-hmm. so for she's the one i submitted to maybe 30 i think i got placed on one small playlist um for save a little time i submitted to about another 30 got placed on four small playlists okay um and it i mean it yielded small results but they were results and they were you know i was getting you know consistent plays every day you know maybe like 20 a day I mean, anywhere between 20 and 30 plays a day which was more than she didn't then say if she's the one ever got yep so i'm just thinking you know it was piece by piece by piece by piece um I ran Instagram ads for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got me a bunch of Instagram likes. I can't really track whether or not it did anything for the song. Yeah, promotion don't mean much on song number one or song number two or song number three. Because like once the song's out, you can always re-promote it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. I'm 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 just trying shit. I'm trying to put as much shit out as possible and try shit once the shit is out. Yeah, you know. I don't know. What do you think? Dude, <laughs> I'm I, like I think I have a pretty good grasp mm-hmm. on most things in the music business. Like mm-hmm. I, know, I could I could throw you a show, you know I can record you, I can do whatever that. But promoting, mm-hmm. I don't even know where to start because it's just like it's hard because you have to present your ego. Yeah, which you're already doing with the song, so you're kind of doubling down. Mm-hmm. Which is tough sometimes mm-hmm. because a lot of the times I'm doubting myself anyways. Yep. So it's like, wow, like here I am <laughs> blowing all this smoke, uh, which I think I did better with this time on You Can't Smoke Weed in Tennessee as far as pre-promoting goes. Yeah, you did. What the fuck did you, how did you get all these motherfuckers to stand on this house? Oh my! This is a great story. Okay, because <laughs> you got this is this is the beginning of quarantine. Okay, mm-hmm. and I hadn't really figured out what I wanted to do for a cover. I had always really liked, you know, going on the roof, just hanging out on the roof, you know, whatever, smoked weed on the roof all the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I think it'd be a cool, cool photo shoot to go on the roof. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, and just invited like you know pretty much who we had been hanging out with. And we're just chilling up there, you know, taking pictures and everything. And my neighbor across the street, okay, goes berserk. Because this was the time when you were like, no oh. no gatherings of like 10 or more. And there was probably like 12 of us. Yeah, you weren't, you weren't social distancing, Ted. <laughs> we weren't. So she was pissed. She was like yelling. She was like, there's a fucking pandemic going on. And you're like, blah, 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 blah. And we're like, okay, we're going to get down now. But it was just funny because like. Pretty much that picture was taken, mm-hmm. and then maybe thirty seconds later, she she called the police. Started cr- no, oh, she just started screaming. Yeah, what about the fucking drone? Wasn't there a fucking drone video of a bunch of motherfuckers on a rooftop? Same day, same day, same day. Yeah, same day, same. It's <laughs> dope ass cover, dude. It's a dope ass cover. Thanks, dude. Um, yeah, I was ch- between these two. 
I was gonna go with another one, but I could couldn't figure out where to put the text. The text, because at first I wasn't gonna do it, but I was like, eh. And then I saw that other picture, and I was like, oh fuck, I like that one way more. And me, then I saw like that ban banister, like from like the mm-hmm. whatever the front porch. And I was like, holy fuck, that will fit perfectly right there. Making music, I think I've had to confront some really uncomfortable. I think that there are uncomfortable realities to guys that make like indie rock, like you and me do, right? Because like yeah. it's just like the whole like like the, the mindset in hip hop or like EDM is all about like how do I get people to hear this? How do I get to the bag the quickest? You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, whether you, when you make like indie rock, it's very dogmatic, and you have to be like you know it's got to be like dude, it's got to be real, and it's got to be raw, and it's got to be this, and it's got to be that. There and is a stigma. Yeah, it it, it self promotion is stigmatized. Yes, people are just supposed to organically fucking find your record, and I I think I I don't think that for any band that was ever fucking true. That's the way that the story was written once it's fucking happened, but I don't think it was ever. Have fucking you seen true. Almost Famous? Mm-mm. Oh my god, dude! I, I want to tell you, like, it. I don't watch shit anymore, man. I know, but you should, you know, watch this movie. Is it, is it by bands? Kinda. Okay. It's a great movie. You just gotta watch it. I'm All not gonna say any more about right, it. I got you, you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta watch. It. You're gonna love it. I already know that you're gonna love it. Okay, I'm gonna watch. I might watch it tonight because I don't think I'm gonna do anything like super heavy tomorrow. I might just yeah. like lay around. But when it comes to Spotify when it comes to Apple Music and all this shit. I think this is an un- uncomfortable reality. But I hate it, but I love reality. it. I I love it more than hate it. I mm-hmm. because I I think that consistency is key. I've been saying that it's quantity over quality. I'm no longer saying that. I am yeah. now saying that consistency is key. Yep. Get your fucking jump shots in in the gym. Get yep. in there, write some shit, record that shit, upload it. Don't fucking stop. Yep. Um, but with that being said, it's like you're 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 trained to believe, oh yeah, man, dude, yeah, Sonic Youth made that record, and then like you know on album number whatever whatever, um, yeah, that's when you're all fucking. So I just have to keep spending three, four, six months writing a fucking record. Yep, putting the record out to my. 700 Instagram followers. Dozens and dozens and dozens of fans. They listen to track one and never get to the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Just because you're 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 going on this this outdated way of, 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 of releasing music. LPs are dead. Yeah. No, nah, LPs are dead as fuck. And like I feel like like hip hop is okay with that. EDM's okay. Let I me, don't think that like rock and roll was okay with the LP being let dead. Let me f- rephrase that. Digital LPs are dead. People will buy vinyl. People, vinyl, people and I think vinyl. CDs, but still. you, but you still, you, you, you got, you got to get the jump shots in for people to give a fuck about the vinyl. Is exactly. The thing. No, exactly. No, you're totally right. Yeah. Um, digital LPs waste. Of Let me say time. it this way: releasing singles on a regular basis is the price you pay to release an album. You got to earn the right to release an album. You're right. Now. You, you got to earn that shit. You're right. Um, it is not, you know, it's not afforded to you, and people just have too much shit to do to sit down and spend forty five. 50 minutes on a record that from a guy that they've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, if, if, if it's really that important to your, you know, your ego or your, your artistic integrity, fucking do it. Don't like, you don't have to listen to me, but I'm saying yeah. that like for the sake of guitar music, because we love it and I'm not, it's like, it's obviously not competing right there, now. There is no competition. Yeah. That's another thing that I'm kind of, kind of stoked about is yeah. that like this whole, I think, you know, if we keep releasing singles and keep building this up, there's going to be this fresh slate of, you know, whatever venues are left to tour after this. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, 
there can be some money allocated to these venues that are going under mm-hmm. all across the country. Yeah. All small businesses, really. You know, you and honestly, like even as, as dudes and bands, like we bear some of that responsibility. Like yep. you, you, you can't complain about your local ven- venue going over if you're not bringing people out. Yeah. And you know, you, you, like I said, you got to you in the studio. You pay the price for the stage. You got to get in there and get them jump shots. And then, okay, cool. I you got hear some, that, kids? Get your jump shots. in. Get your in. fucking jump shots in. That's literally. I'm gonna title this. See episode. you on the court. Get your. But but dude, like, oh, dude, you're just, so right. Yeah. If you don't put in the time, yeah, you're not gonna see. It's just literally with anything. With anything. With anything. But I think especially with music is because it's so. Mm. You have to be persistent with it. You gotta keep doing it. You gotta keep doing it. it and if it's nice, eventually, like, I think I've gotten to a point where. I can st- I have still endless things to learn about music, mm-hmm. but where like my engines like running, like you know I can sit down and like kind of carve out some shit. Mm-hmm. Where like something like that a couple years ago would have taken me mm-hmm. a month, two months to figure out. Yeah, dude. Which is cool, um, but also it can get a little, you know, off putting because like I have all of these ideas, but nothing really solid it's so crazy when you when you write music it's like it's like you're birthing a child almost and you you know that thing that came out of you is is sacred to you the first thing i do when i write a song mm-hmm. that i like i'm like who am i ripping off is that what you yeah. say pretty pretty much because like I, I, i'll I think play about it, that too i play it and i'm like this is too good yeah to for me you, to have conceived this do you right ever now. get scared that you like unintentionally plagiarized yeah, of course. That's why, like, when I write a song, I do my fucking homework. Like, I try to, like, I'll play it for a little while, and I'm like, all right, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And what I realize is, you know, this is just, like, with every musician ever, is that, like, you know, like, I was listening to this song and this song and this song at the time, and, like, you know, I took, you know, inspirations from those songs, mm-hmm. and in my brain, it just, like, created this thing that, like, just came out of me. Yeah. Like I can't can't really explain. Like a lot of people sometimes will be like, how do you write your songs? And it's like, ah, like <laughs> as like you know, cliche as this sounds, but like the songs write themselves. Like they do. obviously like there's that that there's that short moment of time with like the song where it's like in its infancy mm-hmm. in which you can create this whole, you know, canvas of all of these different ideas and then you go back and you edit it you know mm-hmm. and you f- like do that kind of stuff but i think the best songs come from as little thought as possible is uh your you can't smoke weed is that your favorite song that you've ever written i know you absolutely not okay well okay i don't want you to spoil it then because <laughs> I, we gotta wait till it actually comes out no for sure um well you, you've heard probably my favorite and most proud song is morley west i played that is like that the one about the taxi yeah. Dude, tell that story. Okay. I know you guys can't hear the song, but this is still a dope story. Um, so that's probably the song to me that like means the most to me. Um so pretty much this was like two or three months after I moved to Nashville. I just started driving for Uber. Mm-hmm. Wasn't making enough money at Bar Taco. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're saying it now. All right, uh, all right, dude. I try to keep the companies that I've worked for like undisclosed in case I, I'm I, I'm ever on a day where I'm just feeling like I'm on some bullshit. Yeah. Um. So, but no, anyway, no, we're it's saying. okay. I just wasn't making enough money. No, it's okay. <laughs> so I was doing Uber, 
And it was probably my second or third Uber ride I've done. And it was over in 12 South. And I got the notification and the name was Morley. I was like, oh, that's a peculiar name. So I get there waiting out front. You know, you do the whole like I'm here and then they give you like five minutes to get your shit together and get out to the car. So it had been like six minutes. So I was like, okay, let's call them. I call them and they pick up the phone and I cannot understand them. You know, it's like, I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> so I wait a little bit and then they come out. They get in the car and I realize that they're British. Okay. So I'm like, huh. And this, honestly, this must have been like a week after the election in 2016. Okay. So the world was on fire. And I thought this would, you know, I like to make conversation with the people that I'm driving. If they want it, you know, I'm not going to be like, blah, blah, where are you from? You know, I'm just going to let them do it. So we're talking and I'm, you know, like, so like, you know, there's people from, you know, not the U.S. Like, what, how do you, what do you think about this? And they're like, you know, like, honestly, everyone is shocked, you know. About Trump winning? Is that what they're shocked about? Yeah, about Trump winning. Hmm. And the guy goes, he's like, you know, the pundits and the polls got it wrong. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, I was like, fuck, like, that sounds like it needs to be in a song. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was feeling very, like, you know, like, ah, like, fuck the system. Like, you know, still, like, fuck the system. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But, like, especially that, because I was just, like, I was irritated because I didn't vote, but still. <laughs> you learned your lesson. I was like, fuck, like, how could this, how could this be real? You mm-hmm. know? What kind of fucked up world are we living in right now? Yeah. This one. But so we're talking. I'm bringing them down to, I think, Third and Lindsay. They're going to a show. And we're talking. And I'm like, so is Morley like your last name? And his wife goes, no, that's, uh, you know, that's his name, Morley West. And, you know, we talked a little bit more. And I, I dropped them off. And I was like, have a good night and everything. Really what built the song was the pundits in the polls line, mm-hmm. even though it's not even in the song. Mm-hmm. So like, all right, I need to write a song about this. And then I came up with the guitar one day and I probably played that song for like 10 times a day for six months mm-hmm. just until like I got it to its final form. But that was the first song I wrote here mm-hmm. that I was like, okay, that's, it kind of gave me the, the, the courage, mm-hmm. one, to, like, really just, like, sit down and, like, really f- hone in and focus on it. Mm-hmm. And it also helped me get over that hump of, like, all right, like, now I just keep writing more. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, like, propelled me into really, like, writing more songs. Now, is there a recorded version of it it's on a hard drive somewhere? Uh, There's a couple. Okay. There's a couple. No, no, when are we going to hear that shit? No. Nah. Well, it was on the old album. Uh, it was, and yeah, I took yeah. it down. Okay, so when 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 somebody rebrands like you've done, yeah, does all that old shit just go away, or do you repurpose it? Definitely, some of it's going to be repurposed. Okay, um, not all of it. Yeah, but I just don't know yet. I feel you. Not right now. I feel you. Not right now. Do you think I could take a piss real quick? Yeah, dude, I got you. Okay, go we could it. just like cut it out. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that's what we'll do. Okay. If they gave out gold medals for <laughs> for pisses, that would have been one. Uh, damn, dude. Yeah, are you feeling better? Holy shit, dude. You know when, like, you're in the car on a road trip and, like, you have to go, like, really bad, but, like, you know, you're 50 miles in between exits? Yeah. Is that how it was? That's how it was. Beer will do that. 
beer will do that. I just broke the seal. Um, I don't, can't remember what we were talking about. I do. What I, do you? I remember exactly. Oh, okay. Like, all right, go as go I was peeing, I was like, all right, I cannot forget what we're talking about. We're talking about rebranding. Rebranding. Yeah. So the best way I could explain this is like it's kind of like playing a video game mm. and like getting to a point in the video game and then like stopping, and then you start the video game over. <laughs> So the nice thing is, is like you already know how to do everything in the video game. Mm -hmm. So you can just do shit more efficiently. I heard that. And I had more of a vision of where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. So when it came time to like, because like I've had different monikers over the years. Mm -hmm. You know, Dr. Fellow was just one of many. Mm -hmm. All of them never really were like something I wanted to work with it was kind of just like i need something let's make it work which Mm -hmm. is like a a lot of the things that people do like as far as names go but nothing ever stuck and then i guess with theo's wall like i don't know this might be the same story but i definitely feel more confident in my music now yeah as far as representing myself and like using that as a platform to like release the music so i think it's going to be much better okay and the music i'm making now represents my sound, I think I've very much developed over the past couple of years. Yeah. As far as, because I, I do record myself, mm-hmm. which is a blessing and a curse mm-hmm. because, you know, it's nice to be able to just go down and work on stuff whenever. Mm-hmm. But also, I can just go down and work on stuff whenever. So, like, yeah, I have to really be like, because I'll be honest with you, dude, I will never pay for studio time again yeah because like i went to 1979 which was a lot of fun is that where uh, cage elephant does all that shit <sighs> i don't know if they've recorded there i before, think but i think uh shout out to the, my, my buddy matt crutcher i could be totally wrong about this i don't think i are. he plays drums in a band called odd note oh yeah i know odd note. i know uh armand see i've never met him i do i work with the dude that plays drums in that band okay 90 percent sure they did their lp in 1979 i think matt was telling me that um that, that Cage the Elephant had recorded there. Could be getting fucked up, but anyway, Matt's a very nice guy. Odd Note's a very good band. I love Odd Note. Yeah, shout out to those guys, man. Um, yeah, I just, I don't think I would do it because the way I operate, it's just not that, it doesn't suit that. Mm-hmm. Like, I very much like to be involved with the creative process. Yeah. And like, I like people playing on my stuff sometimes, but mm-hmm. also... Yeah, dude. I don't know. I think they're like I. I can't imagine like all those like like like, like I take a band like I don't know Guns and Roses or some shit. It's the way that I write music. I can't imagine how a song like Welcome to the Jungle came together when they're four fucking like you. All these motherfuckers really writing their own part. Um, I I I I can't. I would I would have an aneurysm. I would literally have a fucking aneurysm. Um, I think it takes back to like what we were talking about before with the touring thing. Is that like back then? You tour to sell records, mm-hmm. where today you make records to tour. Yep. In which I think they had a lot of time, you know, to kind of fuck around. And then I, mean, I guess yeah. the nice thing about like having a label, one of the perks mm-hmm. is, you know, having access to studios mm-hmm. and studio time, mm-hmm. where like people that are just paying out of pocket, mm-hmm. you know, you have to go in there and get shit done. You're on the clock. Yeah. I, um, where I think like the home studio thing is yeah. becoming much 
more uh-huh. prevalent is because of that reason. It's expensive. That, it's, it's, it's well, it's expensive to go into yeah. the studio. And like you could spend that money on, an, on, on a rig, on a, a setup. Yeah. And make just as good music, mm-hmm. if not better, because you're able to really. This is presenting a real conflict of interest for me, because like, dude, the the, the at, at this point, like, so my first guitar was recorded here entirely. Yeah, I played everything. Um, I, I took it to be mixed and mastered because I'm just not set up to mix, and I'm not yeah. com- that confident in my mixing abilities. But um, the dudes of the Bomb Shelter have done the last three Love Montage singles, and I love those guys. They do awesome work. And I want, you know, I, I want that people who do great work to continue. Yep. Um, but at the same time, there is a very obvious conversation to be had about the factor of cost. Um, and I, I think that there always will be studios because to a degree, for a lot of people, they're paying for the expertise. But yep. where, whereas before I would go in and do a record start to finish, I, I, I now will probably do everything at home and then take it in for some sweetening. Yep. That's Espe- really kind of all you need. Yeah. I don't know. I um, especially kind of for like you were saying before is like our realm mm-hmm. of music. Yeah, you know, kind of presents that. It's a more honest, mm-hmm. I think, way of expressing our music because mm-hmm. like you get other, not always, but like you feel different mm-hmm. when you're at a studio compared to when you're in your bedroom. There's pressure in the studio. There's man. pressure. There's you, like, pressure. You lose kind of that mojo, especially yeah. when you're paying for it. It's a it's it's a different kind of record making process because yeah. you, unless you just got money out the ass, which who does? You don't have time to fuck around. No, and you know see what works especially and see what if you're doesn't. Like paying people also to play on it. Yeah, like you have to have your shit together. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think I'll ever do it again. Mm. I really, what I do can attest is what was worth the money was spending time there to learn mm-hmm. how a studio operates and like how I can make mine better. Yeah. But other than that, like I probably won't do it. Yeah. I feel it. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. Um, I, um, like I said though, I think there's that dogma thing again. I think that a lot of people are like, well, if I want to really make a record, like it has to be just like fucking Led Zeppelin made it. And I'm like, eh, that's not going to happen. They weren't even that good. Really? I'm not a big Led Zeppelin fan. Okay. I am a rock and roll iconoclast, dude. Like, I love The Strokes. I love Mac DeMarco. I think... I just think that, like, so much of, like, the pantheon, I'm kind of, like, eh, towards it. So, I would say you should listen to Led Zeppelin 3. Okay. That's my personal favorite Mm. Led Zeppelin album, but I think it's a good introduction to their music. Mm -hmm. Even though it's their third album, Mm -hmm. it's, like, that's kind of when they start to get... Mm -hmm. They get away from like the, you know, Led Zeppelin one sound mm. and more into like the experimental and like more of their like soft side. Mm-hmm. I would say it's one of my favorite records. You want to know what my favorite Led Zeppelin song is? Yeah. You want to guess first? No, there's too many. It's Fool in the Rain. Fool in the Rain. I don't think I've heard that one. Is their last single ever. Most Led Zeppelin fans hate it. It's a song about where like he fucking Robert Plant is like what he's supposed to be like meeting this girl for the date, but he she doesn't st- she doesn't show up, so he thinks he's been stood up and he's standing in the rain waiting for her to show up. And then at the end of the song, he realizes that uh, he was on the wrong street corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that actually happened. I don't know if the song actually happened, but they wrote a song about it. 
Um, nah, dude, I love that fucking song. I don't like, have to go listen to that, dude. It's dope. Like John Paul Jones plays piano on it. It's got it, it, it. It's groovy, dude. But it's like also like really poppy and not like poppy by Led Zeppelin standards. I mean, it's like poppy. I think that shit's yeah. fucking dope. But yeah. people like my brother is really into Led Zeppelin. He always like he hates that song and he hates Dire Maker. Um, I think those are both dope fucking records. Like, I mean, Black Dog's okay. I don't ever. I never want to listen to uh, physical graffiti. Or I was gonna say um, Starship, Mothership. No, I was gonna say, uh, damn, what, what's the name of that song? Uh, Since I've been loving you, I, I don't, I don't, ever, I don't, I personally never want okay, to listen to. Hot it. take. Yeah, you don't like Led Zeppelin. What do you think about Greta Van Fleet? Well, if I don't like Led Zeppelin, I'm not gonna like the Great Value version. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, <laughs> man, I, apparently, um, apparently they were at the Nashville protests, um, and I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I should start protesting them instead. I don't know, wow. you know. Shout out to them; they they fucking made it work, dude. Yeah, um, you know, I'm, you know, just just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not good. It's just not for me. Is all that I'm saying. Yeah. Why do you like Greta Van Fleet? I feel like I don't like them. It's like kind of the Nickelback effect. Mm. Is so many people say they don't like them that I don't Dude. like them, but I also like them because like, yeah, are they kind of like derivative? Yes, but I also think that they're kind of good for music as in like that kind of style of rock and roll yeah. hasn't really been prevalent in pro- popular music in a while. Mm-hmm. Which I think, even though they're not like the coolest, most creative band, I think they really opened a lot of doors yeah. to these other bands that, you know, are good. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, you know, it's not, we don't love Gride of Van Fleet, but like, you know, they kind of, you know, they help pave the yeah, way a little like bit for like, you know, reintroducing rock music to popular music and to people that may have not listened to it. Otherwise, with a band like Greta Van Fleet or Nickelback, man, like I love Nickelback. Clearly, anyone, dude, no, I'll fight anyone. There's no way that they're that successful and that, that many people fucking hate them. You it, like, dude, you know, they rip. Have you ever just like watched their live? No, I haven't. So they rip, but it's just like you know, they're they're they cl- clearly they figured something the fuck out. Yeah. Like you, you know, you 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 hate them because they're successful, and you, um, even if, even if the music isn't for you, like, insult. I th- I don't remember like what the actual like saying is, but like insult is like the highest of flattery, pretty much. Oh yeah, something like that. Okay, I've always heard that imitation is the highest form of flattery, but I think the way that like I, I've heard people say that your haters are your biggest fans. I've heard people say that. Also true. Yeah, um, I think that's kind of like along the lines of what you're trying to say. Yeah, um, I love Nickelback. Yeah, and dude. I, I don't like Greta Van Fleet. Do I? Mm-hmm. Do I listen to music all the time? No. But yeah. Like, if they're on the radio, I'll listen. Dude, to like them. I will. Like I'll, I will give props to like somebody like Sam Hunt. Like he's not like my Overton window of music, but like like again, like no. if, if somebody yeah. if Florida Georgia Line figures how to make people care about their music, you shouldn't say, "Oh, that's ass." You should say, "What can I learn from them?" Is what you should say. Except for Chainsmokers is the uh, only exception. They're trash. I used to like that song closer with fucking uh, what's her name again? Halsey. Okay, dude, Sol- I Solomon. I fuck with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna ruin it for you. Okay, but you have to look up like the MTV Music Awards. Uh-huh. They play that song. Okay, I'm gonna check it out. You have to. Dude, but I mean, dude, I, no, I it's, it's good. It's a good song. Okay? Yeah. But I think a big thing for music, for, at least for me, mm-hmm. you know, it's not for everybody. Is like I listen to music so I can go see him play it live. Mm-hmm. Okay, I feel that. I and feel that. like. 
there's been times where like I've seen bands live and I've just been torn up because like they just didn't you know kind of meet the expectations that they set on the record mm. and then there's some other bands where like it's the opposite of like i like some of their songs but then i went and saw them live yeah and they just blew the roof off mm. Does that, you ever get afraid of that you ever afraid like get afraid of like making a record that it's really hard to reproduce live i make a big effort in production Mm-hmm. To make sure that doesn't happen, because Same. you know, recording music is hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you can do it like shitty, easy, mm-hmm. but making good music is hard because like you really have to like put the time in to like jump shots. It's bro. like it, you got to put the. It's like building a goddamn house. Like you can't just. Go and build a house. Yeah. You need to measure shit out. Yep. You need to do all the pre-planning it takes to build a house. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with music. Mm-hmm. And I try my best to write a song on acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. Or at least be able to play it acoustic. Yeah. If you can't play it acoustic, I don't think. Heard that, dude. I don't think you should really... You're literally the third guest in a row to say that. Michaela said that. Uh, Selena, uh, Serena said that, and you're saying that. I mean, I, I'm totally with it, dude. It's, it's got to it's got to stand up without the production elements for the production elements to mean anything. It mean anything. Yeah. To mean anything. So until a song meets that standard, granted, there are some songs that I've made that like have just been like me fucking around mm-hmm. and doing shit, and they. I'm starting to like kind of get into that more where like I'll create this musical idea and then try to build over that Mm -hmm. where like a lot of the times it's usually like words first. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't like to stay on one thing. You know, I like to sometimes I'll be walking into Target Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden this just like feel it. This thing comes in my head. I'm like, all right, I just got to write that down. Or like a musical idea, I'm like, yeah. okay. Or like I'll sing it into my phone. So yeah, I, I feel like we all do that in secret. You yeah, we do. Because you feel I was like watching a-, a Charlie Puth like behind the record thing. Uh-huh. Okay, it's I know one of those dudes. But but again, again, not for me. Super respect, but that is somebody that I'm kind of like. Ah, Joe, He's cool because he makes all of his shit. Like he produces yeah. all. Dude's a musical genius. That dude yeah. is a Juilliard trained pianist. Oh really, dude? Yeah, he's like legit. But he was just like, look, bitch, jazz ain't paying the bills. Yeah, that's what he said. That's funny. He went full pop. Yeah, but he was just talking about like how like sometimes when he's like somewhere, he'll like just like hear it and he's like, I have to record it. Like I'll just do some ridiculous thing. It's cool to like see when you're watching like an interview or something mm-hmm. to see someone that like, you know, a musical artist you might look up to, or maybe not even look up to, but like they say something that you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, fuck, like, I, yeah. so I'm not the only person that thinks that. Yeah. Um, which is nice to, like, you know, be like, wow. You want to know the most disappointing, <laughs> the most disappointing, mu- mu- like, music interview I've ever seen in my life? Yeah. It was the Black Keys went on Joe Rogan's podcast. I watched that. Pat, <laughs> Co- Pat didn't say a word. No, it, it was just. Dan and, didn't say a word. Pat did all the talking. They've been on a couple times. So then. Dan has been on by himself. Mm-hmm. Then they both came on right before they did the Let's Rock tour. Um, and 
I like they were like kind of probably the first band I was obsessed with. Like when I when I when I think about like my introduction into the world of like indie music. Yeah. First one was a small band called Hockey. Hockey. Yeah, they I mean they didn't do much, but they, I mean they it was it was a dope ass like Portland New Wave record. Second one was, was was probably the Black Keys, and it was Alabama Shakes, and it was the Strokes, and it was Mac DeMarco, and then now I'm just like you know, all over the place, and I found all the bands in between. Top three influential albums, go. Oof. Um, honestly, one is probably uh, there, this is, is a gospel album, which is called. Um, it's not. It's not even an album. It's a compilation by this dude named. Mm-hmm. Um, his his name is. I, I see it, but I, I can't fucking. Say, I'll tell you what his name is. I'll, I'll pick another one while I'm doing it. Okay. Is is this it? A top three? Yeah, I'm gonna take. I'm I'm, I'm gonna take the gospel record out. Top okay. three. <laughs> top three is Demon Days by the Gorillas. Okay, because that was the first record I ever bought with my own money. And it, it, I mean, it's like a rock record, but it's a hip hop record. It's like it, it's an electronic record. Like there's a lot of dope influences. So shout yep. out to Damon Albarn. That's definitely probably one first record I ever bought with my money. Um, and a record that was just incredibly diverse in the best way. Yeah. Um, like a, like a record that I, 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 I don't skip any tracks on. Mm-hmm. Right. I love those. Um, a record that aged pretty well, dude. Um, you can still go back and listen to Demon Days and you can probably place it for where it's at, but there's enough diversity on that record to not get lost in the time period. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Top three. <laughs> I know it's hard, but like, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to go with, is this it by the strokes? Okay. I'm going with Is This It by The Strokes because that was when I when I heard that record that really jump started my writing and I was older when I heard The Strokes for the first time I was like 22. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Boys and Girls Alabama Shakes number three uh, because that's a great record. Yeah, um, I when I was in college I um, was was obsessed with that album because it was it was weird because it was like like it was like. It was cool in the indie kind of way, but it was R and B enough to feel familiar Do to like with the parents, my, the music my parents listened to. Are you familiar with Blake Mills? I know he's a dope ass guitarist. He produced he pro- the second record. Yeah, he he, he uh, sound and color he produced. Yep. Yeah. Um, you should check him out. I think you'd really like him because he's got like that's that like it's like a kind of like um, Delta blues. Mm-hmm. Folk. Okay. That's kind of why I can describe it. Okay. But he's really cool. And he's a great producer. Yeah, he... I don't know what other records he's in. I know he did that one. I've seen interviews. I've seen rig rundowns and shit. Yeah. He's done some wolf, some wolf peck shit. Yeah, like, he's... Like, yeah. He's friends with them. All right, top three most influential albums. Um. So this is... Easy. Oh, it's easy. Fuck it's yeah. It's easy. So North Hills by Dawes. Okay. That's something, like, I can put on... Like it's in my car. Like it's CD number two, mm-hmm. and like I can just whenever, wherever. If I'm sad, if I'm happy, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I can just put that on, and it's just like it brings. It's like a, a medium. Mm-hmm. It's like just this neutral. The next one is Acid Rap by Chance the Rapper. Oh, okay. And then that one really expanded my horizon as far as using words mm-hmm. because. Chance in that mixtape like really broke some barriers as far as like rhythm and poetry. I f- I feel like something like he, he would say stuff and you'd be like, "What?" Mm-hmm. And then you'd listen to it again and again, and then you like you make sense of it. Mm-hmm. 
But what I think is cool about that whole album is that it really inspired me to... I took this class when I went to college. It was called... I think it was literally called Rhythm and Poetry. Okay. It was just a, it was like an elective class, but we just talked about like the history of you know early rap and just like all the way up until now. Mm-hmm. And that class really got me into hip hop. I liked it before, like in high school and everything, mm-hmm. but it really made me dive into like the like the art of it, mm-hmm. you know. And that album for me made me become more creative with the words I was saying. Because at the time, I was like, I spent like three years obsessed with Mumford & Sons. What a, what a band to be obsessed with. Okay, so uh-huh. like you can see how like the contrast. You grew up, you went from uh, you, you, you went from like baby folk to like big boy folk, like from going from like <sighs> to go from Mumford & Sons to like Dawes. Yeah, well, Mumford & Sons introduced me to Dawes. That's kind of really? the same thing. That's kind of the same thing I was talking about with Greta Van Fleet. Is that like, I liked Mumford and Sons for a really long time. Mm-hmm. They introduced me to more music though that I like now. Yeah. Than like I like them, which I'm really grateful for because without that, you don't have that. Last one is going to be Deja Vu by Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Oh, okay. That, that I'm not wasn't expecting that one. Why? Why that one? That record, to me. Like, I grew up because, like, my dad, like, kind of showed me all of that. Like, because that's, like, what he grew up with, you know. Like, 70s, 80s rock. Mm-hmm. So, that's, you know, one I grew up on and everything. But it wasn't until I was older, you know, I got more interested into music that, like, you know, Neil Young, to me, has always been, like, a, you know, someone I looked up to in the artistic world. Mm-hmm. And also on, like, the you know, using his voice, you know, to help people. Mm-hmm. And like, but that record between, you know, like Stephen Stills and, mm-hmm. you know, David Crosby and Neil Young, it's just so diverse. Mm-hmm. One, and then that's just another one I can just put on and let it spin. That's a pretty interesting, uh, interesting trio there, especially the, the, the Chance the Rapper one. Yeah, it's just... One that has always stuck with me mm-hmm. and was in very a big part of my formative early twenties. Yeah. Did, did did you listen to that uh his his most recent record, The Big I Day? Haven't. Oh, did have you heard about it? I, I've heard a couple songs off of it. People were not happy. No. I haven't I haven't heard it. I, I heard I the, the only cut that I remember listening to is, is I the, liked Coloring Book. I like I, mean, yeah. I like some stuff on color. That's book. probably going to be like his big one. Like I mean, like I mean, like acid rap like broke him. Yeah. But um, coloring book is the one that was made like you know him the pitchfork bad. world go like, bro, what the fuck? You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like his his my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. And yep. they're dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop bringing up <sighs> Kanye in these podcasts. I think that is that's Kanye appearance number three, and we're only on episode five. <laughs> you gonna buy his Gap shit? Oh what? You know he he got a fucking like ten year deal with Gap. Like Gap is gonna have a Yeezy line. Get them all. Nah, I probably won't. I'm not gonna be there. That's fucking dumb. Yeah. Um, that's funny though. You know what? Good for Kanye. No, good for him. I just you know I I want him to be okay. I want him to read a book. You see, I don't I don't know if he's trolling us or if like he is just like you know a genius. Then like geniuses push 
that's the whole thing about being, you know, different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is literally like pushing the barrier to points bro, where people wouldn't do. I got a hot take for you, bro. Okay. <laughs> only white people think Kanye is a genius. Literally only white people think. Kanye has well, genius level talent. Well, let me put it this way. Is that like musically? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Well, like, uh, no, no, no. As a producer and, like, everything, yeah. he's a very talented musician. But I think what he's done in that has been, mm-hmm. you know, is, like, all of his other ventures. Yeah. You know, like... Mm. How do I, I feel, how do like I feel about that? Because there's a lot of people, man, that make a lot of money and then lose it all. That's true. That's true. You know? he, But he... I, I, now, he... Supposedly, he's a billionaire now. So, supposedly, so is Kim. But he... Are I don't they know, billionaires individually? I think that they eat, both of them are probably like billionaires in terms of the assets that they own. I don't think that they are billion dollars liquid. Most billionaires aren't. Aren't. No. Um, but what I'm saying is like, is she a billionaire and he's a billionaire? As far or as I know, they billionaire. They, they, no, I think they're classified separately because he. Okay. I think his his stake in Adidas is the one that put him over allegedly. Um, and I don't know where her billions. But but even I think it was Kylie Jenner that they were saying was a billionaire, and then she Forbes is. was like Forbes was like I think we overestimated her value. Which this gets into the absurdity of what a billionaire is because, yeah. like I said, most billionaires aren't liquid. Yeah. Um, it's they're just your assets. It's what, like what you right. have. Exactly. Like I'm probably like a twenty thousand dollar an air. Yeah. Yeah. As far as things, the things I. <laughs> um. Hell, I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> um, I like some of Kanye's stuff. Oh, only some of it. You know, Chance is like you know, like uh, uh, the, is like Kanye's. Uh, oh no, I know, not protege, but like his uh, his musical descendant. Yes, Chi-Town. Chicago is where it's at. Yep. Um, no, because like my twisted dark fantasy was like my high school record, like mm. hip hop record. Mm. You know, like there's always that one that, and it was um, Good Kid, Mad City. Okay. Or like the two like hip hop records that I really listened to in high school. Like, cause I didn't really get into hip hop until I was like, you know, out of it. Yeah. But those were kind of like my step and Eminem. Like, uh, say what you want, but like, no, dude. I mean, I like, I remember being 13 and I was living at my cousin's house for the summer and um, she had, I don't love all of this stuff, but like, oh, this new shit is ass. This I didn't is, listen to oh god, it is horrendous. Dude. Really? Eminem ain't made good shit since, in my opinion, the Eminem show. Encore, like I used, I used to be a really big Eminem fan. I, I, I openly acknowledged that literally Eminem was on the most problematic of bullshit when he was young. Um, Eminem has some absolutely horrifying shit that he has said on tape. <laughs> um, no, nah, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm so fucking serious, dude. Like, really? That dude had some serious demons that he was battling. I'm like, dude, yeah. you, your life must have really sucked for you to make this shit. But, it, but you know, that's that's also what 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 broke him to a lot of people. Um, the, she, my, my cousin had the Marshall Mathers LP. Yep. Dope-ass hip-hop record, dude. A hip-hop record that could not be made today. Um, because he, like I said, Eminem was on some bullshit, dude. He was on some fucking bullshit. Um, Eminem shows dope. Encore is, is not dope, but it's all right. Mm-hmm. This new shit, man. Rap God. Yeah. Venom. That shit is ass, and like it's only good because he has like this incredibly fanatic. Yeah, like he's yeah. been in the game for a long. Like, dude, sometimes it's okay to hang up the game, hang the hat up when you're when you're hot. Yeah, just like 
go away. Let it be for a little bit, and yeah. then come back when you got some stuff. There was yeah. a. I don't. I don't. Is, is noisy still a thing? Oh my god. It's okay. Can you hear yourself? Can you? I can. Yeah. Can you not? Oh, there we go. Okay. I don't know if noisy is still a thing. Like the magazine. Yeah, it was like the vice, the 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 vice musical arm. Yeah. Um, which, in my opinion, was better than Pitchfork. Um, I really like Pitchfork. No, nah, Pitchfork, man, P- Pitchfork is so jump the shark. Pitchfork is so far removed from what is actually happening in music, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you like we're we're cusping it with millennials. They're like the CNN of the CNN. Pitchfork is the CNN of music journalism. Yeah, heard it. Right? Yeah. No, fuck Pitchfork, dude. I, and I, I remember being like 21 and 22 thinking they were like the end-all, be-all and shit. Oh, yeah. That's like, like, I'm going to get all of my musical information yeah, no. from Pitchfork. They are so far. like, And honestly, I mean, I think that like the, the world of streaming is so big that it almost invalidates music journalism. Yeah, um, because like nobody's releasing albums anymore. Yeah. And you're, to, it, it's, it's that and music journalism. Like, it, It's one thing if you want to comment on the culture of music. I'm with you. Everyone can share their musical opinion on Instagram. Yep. Um, but also, like, reviewing an album, you're assigning objectivity to something that is inherently subjective. Yeah. But the, 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 cra- the fucked up thing about Pitchfork is you have people who are just like, oh, Pitchfork said this is best new music, this must be best new music. Yep. Now, I will say, I had never listened a lot to um, Alanis Morissette. <laughs> I had not, but, you know, like, bef- like she had, like, the, she don't have the record of the year. Dude, like, the fucking, like the Like, 1998? Press- no, this year. She released what? that fucking record where she's, like, banging on shit in her fucking house. Um, I, I, I didn't know a whole lot about her music. No, wait, not Alanis Morissette. I was about to say, dude. No, 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 no. I don't know what I'm talking about. Scratch every fucking thing that I said. <laughs> Fiona Apple. Fiona, Fiona Apple dropped that, that album this year. It's um, ringing a bell. Is nothing. it fetch the fetch the bolt cutters? I got a hot take for you. Hit hit me with it. Grammys. Don't give a fuck. Yeah, fuck that. Invalid institution. Yep. Fetch the bolt cutters was the album she came out with this year. The press was obsessed with it. Like Pitchfork best new music. Like Perfect Ten, which I think has happened to like five Pitchfork records ever. Um, well, and honestly, like I, I heard it for the first time, and I kind of rolled my eyes at it because my roommate, she's not my roommate anymore, Ella. I'm talking to you. Shout out. Um, she, <laughs> she, she shout out, a, dude. She found a boyfriend and moved to Colorado. She found a boyfriend. Yeah, like so, Ellie, my roommate that you met today, like introduced yeah. her to, um, introduced her to her best friend's brother, and they fell madly in love, and they moved to fucking Denver uh-huh. together uh, in the middle of a pandemic. So, like, shout out to them. Fuck it. But she was listening to this Fiona Apple record like real heavy. And yeah. I was like, what is this woman screaming about? But then like all the blogs were talking about, I was like, all right, fine, I'll give it a taste. I was like, okay, I, I, I see what's up. I'm down with it. Yeah? Yeah. I'll have to check it out. But Grammys, dude. Um, Dumb. They, it, it's the industry patting itself on the back. It, 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 it focuses on the most narrow portion of the music industry. It, it focuses on the 1% of the music industry is what, is what it focuses on. Literally. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. I like Billie Eilish records. I like Old Town Road. I like Lizzo. <laughs> um, but it's, again, it's just so far removed from the reality. What, the actu- yeah. what actually is music. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's wealthy people patting themselves on the back, yeah. which is fine. I just think award shows have jumped the shark, dude. No, they're... <laughs> And ratings for all these things are down, dude. Nobody's watching this shit. Dude, it's because of Netflix. Is it because of Netflix? It has to be. For me, well, TV's dying. Yeah. Quickly. Mm-hmm. Very quickly. It's all online content, man. Yeah, like Hulu. <laughs> I have Hulu, Netflix, and Disney+. Plus. 
I have YouTube. Like I have Netflix. And a YouTube. Yeah. yeah. I, dude, I, that's all my content consumption, dude. I can only I can't watch too much YouTube though. Because like you can just get down a hole. No, no, that's what I like it. Yeah, it's fun. Oh god. But then I'm like, uh, I need some I need to watch some Jersey Shore. Are you still watching that? Dude, Ice, it's on Hulu. So <laughs> why is Jersey Shore on Hulu? You know, I ran out of shit to watch, dude. So I thought honestly, you know, growing up being like 14 15 watching it for the first time mm-hmm. and then rewatching it at 25 mm-hmm. it's very funny because you have this perspective when you're you know early teen years of like what going out is and mm-hmm. like what like you know being in your 20s is and all of that stuff and you watch jersey shore mm-hmm. that is a very um broken perspective on like you know going out and like getting the chicks and doing all that shit. Um, hmm. Cause then you're like, wow, like going out and like getting drunk at the bar is so overrated. It is. I don't miss it. My buddy no. Alan used to say this thing. He was like, dude, I've been to, you know, dozens of bars and at the end of the day, they're just people talking. Yeah. It's people getting drunk, talking about their feelings is what it is, which you mm-hmm. can do at home. Yeah. We're talking about like our feelings right now. Yeah, dude. I, I say the same thing about podcasting. I mean, it's people talking. Yeah. When are we getting new music, Ted? When's this next single coming out? You know, it's funny you ask me that because I was pretty much done with this song, okay? Mm-hmm. And this chorus just wasn't, it wasn't clicking. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, I gotta, because this is definitely the next song I want to release. Mm-hmm. And then that other song I showed you before. That song sounds dope. Can't wait to hear that one. Once um, yeah, I want to wait on that one because I don't want to give that one out yet, you know? Yeah. Um, this next song is going to compliment, I think, You Can't Smoke Weed in Tennessee. Oh, shit. But also kind of moving into a little bit different direction. Mm-hmm. And then I think that next song will be the, the next one, okay. which I'm excited about. Where can we find you on Instagram? Retro Theo. Retro Theo. At Retro Theo. Sweet, dude. Exactly how you think you spell it. Cool. We're about at two hours here, man. Holy shit. Are you kidding me? Yeah, flies by. Wow. Two hours? That's I, I don't know. That that just seems like a good like a good podcast length, at least for the style of interview that oh, I'm doing. Oh no, it's perfect. But I just I can't believe that it's already been two hours. It flies by. It never feels like that. No. It feels like when I go back and edit the video, it, it then feels like two hours. Yeah. What is happening? Oh dude, time flies by. You'll come back and do the pod again. Dude, I'm so happy that you had me on. Of course I will come back. Sweet. Um everybody go stream You Can't Smoke Wheat in Tennessee. On all digital devices and buy a t-shirt too if you want one fuck yeah buy a t-shirt right, well dude. Solomon thank you so much for having me dude, dude thank you for coming I'll have you back again okay sounds good man see you guys next week <laughs>